All right. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Everyone can hear us hopefully much better this time around. End of day one, we finally figured it out. <laughs> In fact, if you guys want to unmute and do the conversation, feel free. This is a small group in this um, particular uh, session. Um, I don't know if we're waiting. I don't think we're 59. We're early. Oh, sorry. There you go. Yeah, we were thinking okay. of doing a short introduction if you want to uh, unmute and uh, obviously Gary we have met but maybe some of the other folks on the call haven't met you. Uh, Gary Runheimer, Senior Project Engineer for the City. I'm the building guy for the city. Thanks, Gary. We have Eric. Or Matthew, then. Uh, Matthew Falk, uh, Director of Housing with the Burton Ash Community Mental Health Center. Thanks, Matthew. And uh, I'm Tony Kellum with Wendell. Uh, I'm Taryn Murray with Wendell. We're both um, part of the architecture and engineering firm that is tasked with these projects. Um, so we're part of that team. We have two other team members that are also um, working through some stakeholder meetings that aren't here with us at the moment. Um, so we're obviously the ones hosting this event, hoping to hear um, feedback as far as it comes to this project. And we'll dive into that um, in a second, but it looks like we also have Felice. Hey, I'm Felice Laverne. I'm with Lawrence Transit. I am their transit planner too. Thanks Felice and Gabby. Hey everyone, my name is Gabby Boyle. I'm a pronouncer with them. I'm the prevention specialist with the Sexual Trauma and Abuse Care Center. My Wi-Fi is kind of bad, so I'm keeping my camera off. You sound good though. <laughs> I mean, your audio is good. <laughs> and Eric. Yeah, Eric. Hi, uh, my name is Eric Vaughn. I'm the executive director at Douglas County CASA. Sorry, I was having audio issues. <laughs> don't we know that? <laughs> so I don't know. Eric, what does your organization do? Uh, Douglas County CASA, we're court appointed special advocates. Okay. So we recruit and support volunteers to advocate for kids who are involved in the court system because of abuse and neglect. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you for, my, for that information. Yeah. All right. I think that's everybody that we have on the call. And then Anne is uh, over there on the left, upper left for us anyway. I mean, you can see if you hear me through your mic, so I'm going to talk through your mic so we don't get feedback. But I'm Anne Frank Herzog. I work with Shockey Consulting in Kansas City. I also live at Lawrence, so I'm familiar with some of you guys already. I'm with uh, my husband. I also published Lawrence Business Magazine, so I'm very familiar with Lawrence. And Christina, you oh. just joined the call. 
might be connecting. Yeah. There we are. Christina, you just joined the call. You want to introduce yourself? Hi there. My name is Christina Holt. I'm with the Center for Community Health and Development at the University of Kansas. Nice to be with you. All right. Thank nice you, Christina. You. And then Mary, you want to introduce Mary, you want to introduce yourself? I don't know if you heard me, Mary, you might have been connecting to audio. We were just doing brief introductions. <laughs> okay, now I hear you. Glad to be here. So my name is Mary Kirkendall and I'm here in Eudora. I'm the Eudora Community Navigator uh, with the Library and United Way. Great. Perfect, thank you so much. And I don't think we have had any other joiners. All right, so we'll jump right on. We're gonna be throwing up a whiteboard. Um, and while Anne is doing that, um, what we're doing is we're capturing all of this information in real time, and it's going to be uh, part of our uh, design report for the concept phases here. Um, so just the first thing I'd like to do is just give you a, a little introduction to the project. Um, basically, there's really two distinct projects. Um, some of you are probably familiar with the 2018 bus uh, transfer location study that was completed. Um, there was downtown sites. Uh, there was a few sites out by Bob Billing on each side of the corner of Crestline. Um, it's been decided in the joint agreement with the university to actually build the main multimodal center out there at the intersection of Bob Billings and Crestline um, near the campus. Um, that changes a lot, the scope of the downtown project. So you're gonna have uh, 10 bus slips and a few Greyhound intercity slips, maybe kiss and ride, um, taxi, Uber, uh, small parking lot, and some other things, uh, passenger amenities, driver amenities um, for the bus operators that's going to happen out at Crestline and Bob Billings. That's a substantial project. And then we have the downtown transfer center, which has about a million and a half budgeted for it. We're looking at five bus slips, um, some passenger you know, amenities for uh, seating, waiting, you know, that type ticketing, of thing, ticketing, overhead canopy for weather and you know, wind protection, those types of things. Um, there are no designs that have been developed yet. We're just starting this process. So really the goal of this meeting is to hear your concerns on both the multimodal and the downtown transfer. What is your vision for them? What are the things that are most important to you for them? Um, what things would you like to see? Um, and before I open the floor, I'll just tell you, we've looked at five sites in downtown between 7th and 8th, 8th and 9th, and 9th and 10th Street on Vermont. And then we've also looked at two sites, one by the Farmer's Market on um, New, Hampshire. New Hampshire and the other on the southern part of New Hampshire. Um, our goal, or not sure our goal, our mission and our job was to develop a concept for three different sites in downtown. I think today we've already sort of narrowed that to three sites. Um, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, you know, sites that we think can work. Um, and we're going to, you know, start working on those. But so we really don't have like, you know, designs or concepts to show you yet. So with that, I just want to kind of open the floor and let you tell us what's important about uh, public transit and these two projects in Lawrence. And I think we have a small enough group that if you want to just unmute yourself and chat with us, just maybe tell us who you are in case your picture's not on screen. 
um, that would be great. I'm happy to go. Um, I, um, in, in my role, um, I'm currently supporting the health equity report development for Douglas County and have been conducting a number of focus groups with different populations in the county, especially, especially those who um, may feel marginalized um, or experience different health disparities. And I've also um, conducted focus groups for um, the community health assessment and community health improvement planning process and um, for some local nonprofits, including Just Food. And I would say one theme that keeps coming up over and over again is just accessibility of, um, you know, transportation being a hardship, um, accessibility, um, proximity to um, where, where people need to go for services. So I, I know there's some um, service providers on this um, conversation, which is great today, but um, especially I think we just need to keep in mind those who are um, you know, most burdened in the community and make sure that we're designing around their needs. Right, I think uh, one thing that we can share too is that I. Um, there is also a route redesign study that's happening at the same time. And the studies to kind of inform each other, but I think uh, maybe to actually a greater extent um, when we decide where the locations are gonna be, what location it's gonna be in downtown, that'll actually help you know, inform some of the route changes that are gonna happen. Cause there's gonna need to be significant changes with the site, main transfer site moving to Bob Billings Parkway. Yeah, to add a little bit to that from the Lawrence Transit side, I put a link in the chat and that's where we'll be um, updating our public meeting links and things like that to let you know where to plug into the route redesign um, study. You can also email me. I'll put my email in there also. And our social media will have it as well as probably some press releases um, <laughs> as those public input opportunities for that study uh, get closer. Thank you. I don't actually see the link if you don't mind trying to send that again. I also, it's also put it into the, there it's the. Oh, I see the chat didn't go away. Yeah, the chat is there. Okay. Oh, okay. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I think um, we have obviously a lot of focus on, on what this will do for um, the community, the interaction with the community. Um, part of what we're wanting to hear from you is, is what's important when we talk about this in Lawrence and, and what it does for its users and its, and its you know, actual um, community members. So when you think about downtown transfer or even the big multimodal that will be out in Bob Billings, um, what comes to mind as, as definite, definite necessities or considerations that need to be included um, in order to make sure that everybody is considered with this project. And I, that's what we're hoping to hear from you, um, that what's important from that aspect. Dana Ortiz um, from Family Promise of Lawrence. Um, one thing that we constantly battle with the folks we serve is that their job is over here and their childcare is over here. And so if we could somehow loop um, 
those transportation requirements in the early hours of the day and the later hours after work, um, it would certainly make it easier to succeed in a job. Yeah, you bring that up. That's a, that's a great example, Dana. I don't want to sidetrack our conversation, but we're working on a mini hub in Little Rock, Arkansas, where the transit agency actually purchased or is in the process of purchasing a vacant office building and parking lot and site. And they're going to reactivate that as a daycare center, a job workforce center, affordable housing, a mini oh. bus hub with five stops. Um, and it's a, really a bold vision. And I think we need to see and more of that kind of thing. Yeah, that would be remarkable. And it's in a manufacturing area where there's a lot of jobs as well. So uh -huh. it makes sense for Little Rock. And so that consideration of big picture is something, obviously, that's exactly the type of influence or, or feedback we're looking for, big picture thoughts. And we talked earlier, I just want to share on the Bob Billings site, um, there's quite a bit of land out there. And so as we're laying this out and designing this, we're thinking in terms of what could maybe the bigger vision be for that site. It doesn't necessarily just need, need to be an intermodal, uh, you know, bus multimodal site. Um, how could it be laid out where potentially other uses, complementary uses, retail, whatever, could be you know, activated out there with it to make it more of a destination? Matthew? Well if you could include, include childcare in a facility, that would be, that would be a huge plus, um, as well as housing. Um, I think also coordinating, and I, I'm sure you already do this, but making sure that the routes are coordinated between the two and, and, and so that people can transfer in a manner that's relatively close to whatever the main routes are that are, that are going through there. So, you know, that people don't have long layovers and also to minimize the amount of transfer that takes place. I would say for downtown, it, the location should be closest to the high utilization spots that exist right now, which are primarily like the library and, um, well, that's really going to be the main one in my estimation, but. Um, yeah, we just actually got off the phone with Brad at the library and, and we talked about with him um, the significance of the relationship that happens between the library and the users um, where it's not necessarily, it's not just like, let's say a homeless hangout. It actually is more of a culture um, where people are really hanging out there. Um, so definitely realizing that strong connection was a huge uh, learning curve for us as far as within your community, absolutely. The other thing to consider on the amenity side, especially if it's just kind of a transfer hub downtown that in those shelters, if there's any capacity to provide heating in the winter and, and you know, some of those types of amenities. Um, Good point, yeah. We have done on-demand type uh, temporary heat. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in facilities for sure. Um, you know, another thing might be that there's kiosks that just have community information and service information and uh, management information, like not only events and things like what's going around downtown, but like where to get food or, you know, just 
informational way like wayfair signage and yeah or a kiosk yeah. that you can actually have an electronic or whatever you i know that a screen that kind of has rotating information pages i don't know but mm-hmm. <clears throat> events maybe um absolutely that's well, becoming a, a really common thing in in major cities and um we've, we see it it's a great suggestion Mm-hmm. So this is uh, Eric Vaughn with Douglas County Casa. So yeah, I agree with um, everything that's been said. Um, what, one thing that's important for for us would be making sure it's child friendly and safe um, for kids, um, especially kids that would be perhaps riding alone or or just be, you know well lit and 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 close close to um place to go with public um and then um when take it take into mind consideration you know family members and like single parents or single caregivers who may be traveling with multiple children so making sure that there's comfortable space um for kiddos to be and to play um and also to be observed, so make sure they can stay in line of sight um, and prevent um, people from abusing or neglecting kids. Um, those are probably the things that are most important to us. And as close as, the, as a, you know, something can be to the courthouse, um, the better, um, especially for families who are needing to go to court for various reasons. Mm-hmm. I suppose the library would be fairly close, but that's, yeah. Yeah. The courthouse is down the riverfront. Is that the courthouse? Or the yeah. So the judicial center. Um, there. Yeah. Was that 10? There are two courthouses. There's municipal court, which is at the riverfront, and then the district court is down on the 11th and New uh, New Hampshire. Right. So, so being close to both of those, or just one or the other? Well, both families have used those. They're they're both split. Like they're both on opposite ends of downtown. Yeah. 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 Right. Has Lawrence ever had uh, police any type of a downtown circulator? Like a trolley type circulator or anything like that. In, for historically speaking, you mean? Um, in the history of the bus system. Um, not that I'm aware of. I'm pretty new to the system. Um, okay. But that's something we're looking out for the route redesign study. Yeah. Route that sort of functions in that capacity. Sure. Yeah. yeah, we're definitely looking into that as an option. Um, yeah, and those particular points would be good to carry over into that discussion because um, we'll, we can look at different stops and things like that in that conversation. Yeah. And, you know, Taryn could probably speak to it, but there's a whole body of design called CTPED, which is, or excuse me, CPTED, CPTED, <laughs> Crime Prevention Through Environmental Design. So there's specific design techniques that she would use in designing the transfer center that address some of the things that Eric was talking about, yeah. you know, places where somebody can hide so, or be hidden. Yeah, the, that concept is something um, 
that is is huge for any sort of public environment. Um, and basically, the concept is uh, utilizing design, whether it's the building, but also landscaping and lighting and technical um, support, whether it be camera visual visualizing, security uh, presence, activity to to show that the place is active and it's not something that would the chance of being seen would be would be likely. Um, so we utilize a lot of these techniques to basically deter crime, um, increase the risk, um, increase the visibility, um, while in being inviting to the legitimate user. Um, so there's a wide variety of techniques, but um, just to give you like example, the proper lighting so you can see somebody or the particular person approaching you from 30 feet away is actually ideal for identifying whether or not you wanna continue on that path, if you wanna take a different path, if you feel like the path ahead of you feels safe or you feel safe approaching um, who is in front of you or what is in front of you. Um, so we look at a lot of these different techniques um, and that will be part of our assessment and our design in this process. Good. This is Matt in the downtown space, and I don't know to what extent you have some flexibility around the budget size, but it would be really great if you could have office space for social service providers so people could get off the bus and connect with services right there on, on the side. Um, yeah. and the, the, and that would yeah. really be the downtown location rather than out on the... Right. Yeah, you know, it's... Um, you know, obviously we haven't set the parameters for what's going to be happening here. Um, that's, you know, been done well ahead of us, but um, I think the opportunity for that is something that always should be looked at. Um, we see it happen in some communities. Sometimes there's just not enough land and space to do it or the budget to do it. But um, we refer to that as transit-oriented development or TOD um, and we did just that in Little Rock. We completed a study a year and a half ago. And I was, that was also the, the thing that I was mentioning with the mini hub, but in their main downtown, they're um, attempting to build over the top of their uh, current river center and activate housing, a workforce center there as well as food. There's, it's a food a desert there in the middle of Little Rock downtown of all places. Um, and so there's, you know, just a lot of different issues to balance. I think the part of what we're looking for for this, and we've talked actually about this being kind of the part that um, we build this, the, the stop itself, and then we provide the plan and the opportunity for that further development to be adjacent. Because like right now we're talking about parking lots, right? Um, we're only going to use one strip of that parking lot in reality. Um, there should be more probably development in that parking lot or any of these parking lots, let's just say. Um, and in that development, we're hoping that it spurs those types of um, connections because this is the downtown hub. Um, and that's what we're looking for is that master plan of those adjacencies and, and what can be spurred based on that location in relationship to the routes and, and the users and their destinations. Absolutely. I think the part is that it's probably not this project. It, it's going to be something that that gets spurred or is a jump off in, in the future or let's say phase 
too of, of what this creates. We had a couple um, new you, uh, attendees join us. Um, Martha, Abigail, uh, Kristen, um, do you guys want to in introduce yourself and um, maybe provide uh, some, some input on, on what we've been talking about? Sure, I'm Abigail with Catholic Charities. Um, this sounds like an interesting program and most of the things that were mentioned here really the most appropriate. The only other thing I might add is just to reduce the waiting time. I know for some, for some folks it's like 30 minutes wait time. So if they have an appointment with me here at Catholic Charities and they're coming from the other end of the town, they are waiting 30 minutes downtown to get to Catholic Charities. So if we can have that reduction in the wait time to maybe 15 minutes or even 10 minutes in perfect world. <laughs> yeah, that's something that I know that uh, Felice can take to the route redesign um, study. Um, and since our study is focused more on infrastructure, we appreciate that. We'll make sure that gets to that other group. And I'm sure you'll probably have an opportunity to give input um, during that process over there as well. Did uh, Christian or Martha have anything they wanted to talk about? This is Marty and I'm representing LeBoel. And um, I am just listening. I think we just wanted to um, be involved and to, and really our, our, one of our big priorities is ensuring that the reroutes um, are, you know, also access and cross over uh, with food access points. And I know we'll get there at some point. So um, thank you for letting me listen in and uh, be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to, what do they say? Beat a dead horse. But um, this design group is chart, you know, tasked with designing the downtown transfer center, as well as the Bob Billings Crestline in uh, multimodal center. So really nothing that we're doing impacts routing, um, but that's a, another concurrent study that's going on right at the same time right now as ours. We're actually a little bit out in front of that study, to be honest, um, but they're kind of gonna be concurrent here pretty soon as we move through the design process. I think um, just kind of listening to what's been said and building on some of this also, just in terms of uh, like signage around the transfer facilities that's directing people towards them. I think it should be really uh, clear, accessible for people who don't maybe have, or who have limited reading or English proficiency, as well as folks who do not have access to like digital navigation, making sure that there's plenty of signage um, at both locations so that folks who are driving, biking, walking, um, can get where they need to go safely um, and accessibly. Thanks, Gabby. Yes, any, any facility that's gonna be built at both locations is gonna be fully ADA accessible. And um, there's gonna be definitely a complete communications package at both locations that's gonna address all those things that you're talking about. So 
Um, thanks for bringing that up. That's definitely part of the core mission. I apologize if this is self-evident, but it would be great if there could be like restrooms and, you know, water available. Yeah, we do know, uh, Christina, that the, you know, that amenity is going to be provided and is called for at the Bob Billings multimodal. The downtown hub, which is at most five bus slips, uh, we don't want to minimize that location or say that it's less important because it's not. But um, it doesn't sound like, you know, they've, they've looked at different, um, and I don't want to get ahead of myself here. So Felice, as I said to Adam in the last meeting, or maybe it was two meetings ago, correct me if I'm speaking out of turn, but I know we're looking at options for restrooms in the downtown, whether or not the program and the space can actually accommodate restrooms in downtown um, because it's not going to be staffed. Yeah, that was also um, the major concern is that right. providing a, a, a location that wouldn't be staffed and, and the problems that might go along with that. So we don't want to give the framework for that unless it could be a safe and proper used environment as well. So it's definitely a, a discussion point is, is how to actually be able to do that, but also do it in a realistic and safe functional manner. Yeah. In the community that I came from, I worked for a bus system for 30 years in central Minnesota. And um, we, were, we were in a similar situation for about 15 years where we operated on a street corner with 16 routes, eight on each street. And people ran quite a long distance along the city sidewalks back and forth trying to find their bus. And it was a pretty miserable situation for many years. Um, but one of the things that developed out of that is the downtown business community um, I'll just be brutally honest, we're tired of people asking to use their restrooms. So they, the parking service and the city downtown was actually called the downtown council, um, which is a you know, private nonprofit. Um, they actually came up with some money and got behind a project to build uh, a public restroom to serve not just the bus people as they would call it, but to serve the entire downtown shopping community, because it isn't just um, the bus, you know, patrons that are downtown that might need to use a restroom. And uh, what was built was, we keep going dark here, it might be too late in the day. But what was actually built was a, a fairly nice open, uh, uh, you know, restrooms in the downtown area. And then um, as a bus system, we chose to take care of maintaining it because we had a lot of our folks that were using it, but it was, you know, right in the hut, right in the center of downtown. So, you know, thinking outside of the box, maybe that's something that folks could get behind as well. Maybe there's a space somewhere in downtown that could accommodate something like that, that could serve a more of a you know, purpose for not just the folks that are using that transfer center, but shoppers and, and people in general that are downtown and do it in such a way that it's safe well, yeah, you'd have a large user group if you have that farmer's market that's looking for a permanent location. Right. Um, even even more so of a tie with that initiative and where they end up. Yeah. So, you know, putting a different spin on a common problem. But thanks for bringing that up, Christina. That's it's, it's, it's true. But right now we don't know if that would be accommodated in the downtown. As you talked about 
advantage, it might it would be useful, and I've seen this done other places where, um, not only on the bus but on the individual waiting spots where a, a given bus is going to pull in at, that they list and they not only list but they show which line and which number is coming in next, right? That's clear, right? So I know, for example, downtown buses get stacked up lined up against each other. And if you're on one end, you can't see the numbers that are way on the other end. And you don't know necessarily which bus is going to be pulling up to which shelter. Um, so anything that might be able to help indicate which bus is arriving at which stall. Absolutely. Um, and that's actually part of the, the why we're, <laughs> the, the, the number of buses has been developed because they're looking to do something that's more of a fixed slip assignment. Um, so basically the same bus goes to the same slip every time it alleviates that guessing for the users. Um, so it's definitely been part of, again, that, that, that route, um, optimization that lease is working on. And we know that in this particular project, that that is the intent that these will be assigned slips in both of these locations to help with that. We also, we also plan to have real time signage, kind of what you would see at a train station that'll tell you like above you know, where you're pulling in, um, where you're looking for. Waiting time, yeah, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. It should give you all that information as well. We plan to have that at both facilities. Yeah. So is there any other, um, and again, it could be big picture, um, other thoughts, uh, even, even as far as um, community, what the community might appreciate as far as even the, the vision or the look or even some homage to Lawrence that maybe from a physical perspective might you feel like the uh, community might want to see or appreciate? Is there any thoughts on that? Maybe a feature or, you know, outside of it being what, you know, this, the stop that it is, is there anything that you think that the community would, would really like to see as far as part of that? Place for live music. There you go. <laughs> I love live music. What was that? That one with live music. Okay. That's great. Where would we? Uh, you know, actually, we designed a uh, multimodal in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, and we put a small stage in a corner, and they do live music there. Our other architect who's in the other meeting, Scott Neal, was actually the designer of that one. And we talked about that from time to time. I'm sure you all have heard this, but our um, we take great pride in, you know, having been a free state and that history. Awesome. Any other cultural like influences that you feel would be appropriate to to make sure is considered or included in, in either of these sites? I'm still trying to figure out the rock chalk thing. I haven't it's figured that cool. out yet. <laughs> we'll get it later. <laughs> the, the city logo is a phoenix rising from the flame from when Quantrail burned Lawrence but I don't know if that would really need to be anything or how you would incorporate that. 
Yeah. Well, you know, uh, there is a public art element to the intramodal multimodal. And I believe $80,000 is the budget for that. And that's a kind of a specific designated um, amount that has to do with Federal Transit Administration. I believe I'm saying that correctly. But um, so that's something that we're going to, you know, is going to be a consideration. So we're, we're all ears. Obviously, we're going to do our research as well. But um, we hope to engage the cultural and arts community as well. Um, I think that group is coming up. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we don't know what the public art looks like as far as what it will be, but there will be a public art element. Absolutely. Um, and the multimodal. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Make sure to connect with Van Gogh uh, when you do work on that. So they can engage the youth. Oh, okay. It's a youth, it's a youth uh, art center here? Yeah. Yeah, we've got okay. we've got a contact. We work with them. They're actually putting up some cool vinyl bus stop art today at seven locations. So if you see some, um, you said uh, Van Gogh. I was thinking you hey, he had some relatives living here or something. <laughs> no, it's a really cool organization. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. I'm at both spots. If um, like device charging capacity, like plugging in mm. your. Oh, that's actually a really good point. You know, that hasn't uh, come up yet today. I'm surprised. Thank you. It's actually a really good point. Something to easily get overlooked. Yeah. Well, What's okay. so needed? <laughs> By device, you're not meaning vehicles, right? Well, actually, you know, that you mentioned it, Gary, there is some consideration for potential electric car uh, charging. At, at Billings, Bob Billings. At Bob Billings, yes. And we're also going to allow for future flexibility of buses, but but yeah, I was just trying to clarify what what charging of what. Yeah, and cell phones, laptops, iPads, just, you know that type of thing. Um, you know, I don't know what's you know, a lot of the groups haven't really talked too much about sustainability, but is there anything that comes to your mind, whether it be solar, wind, just any of those seems to be windy here in Lawrence. I've noticed. <laughs> I've personally, I've tried a, a lead facility. It was a multimodal facility uh, in, in Illinois and wind just wasn't an option in a downtown environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've talked. We've definitely talked about addressing the wind um, at at both locations with, with, with potential screening design elements of that nature. Um, that's going to be huge. I was referring more to wind generation. Oh, wind generation. Okay, from sustainability factor. Okay. There are actually some aesthetic using mm -hmm. wind options that you wouldn't that you might not know about. Okay, um, that's a good point. That don't. Yeah, there's that you would never know that there's a wind generator. Yeah, there's some pole devices that I've seen that they just kind of vibrate as a pole and they create wind-generated electricity. Yeah, and maybe something's developed within the last several years, but we were looking to do it on top of a parking garage. Uh-huh. And they wouldn't, at least at that time, they wouldn't generate much. Right. Yeah. 
Too bad we don't live over in Dodge City. I've heard it's windy over there. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, we have green infrastructure more. is part of the scope of the um, Bob Billing site for sure. So we're looking into that aspect of sustainability as well. And I know um, it was mentioned on another call that KU does have to meet a water, certain amount of water storage or uh, control or retention requirements about be considered. The city right. has a requirement and I, I found that out over the break, it's 1.8 cubic feet per second per acre is the maximum amount of drainage that they can drain on this from KU campus on the city property. What is that amount? 1.8 cubic feet per second per acre. We're saving electricity over here by turning the lights off every seven minutes. <laughs> and now, <laughs> you think it, the computer would have been smart enough to figure out we're in here by now, but. Okay, so we do have more time. Um, we're not rushed, but if, if we want to wrap up, we can, but we're willing to stay as long as you need us to. We've got 20 more minutes if there's any more. And even when we're done today, if there are other things that you want to add um, in the appointment that you received, you should have an email for Ann from uh, Herzog. Uh, do not hesitate. If you have other things, you're like, oh, I should have said that. Um, or, yeah, you know, and we'll make sure it gets onto this document. This is kind of our live capture document for capturing the ideas from all of the meetings. Um, that's why every comment that comes up, we're getting a sticky note in here. So anybody else have anything they wanna share? And again, Ann's email is in the chat if you wanna grab it, if you think you would need it for future follow-up. Going once, going twice into my auctioneer, but I... it's the end of the day. It's the end of the no, day. We, we appreciate the feedback. Um, actually, a lot of points um, were, were very valuable. Um, we'll definitely be using this um, in the next couple of days to help us produce the concept designs um, for both the multimodal and the downtown transfer sites. Um, so we're going to take all the information from the different groups, uh, obviously try to accommodate as much as we can within, within the bounds of what we're given as far as land. Um, and then we're hoping to present a very- uh, And budget. Yeah, and budget. Um, a happy result for, for everybody. Um, and we're doing that when- Well, we, we uh, actually, um, some of the city and public transit staff will, will get the first look at it in meetings this week. Um, but the opportunity for everybody and the general public at large is going to be uh, probably sometime in early June. Mm -hmm. We're going to come back with the three options for Bob Billings and the three individual options from downtown, including some recommended options that'll be a result of the uh, some of the steering committees that oversee public transit, uh, city government, and so forth. And then that recommendation will go to the city commission uh, for both of the projects. That's the plan. Um, the plan is hopefully to have the design done by the uh, fall and bidding done in 
in the end of the year and construction starting early uh, in 2022. All things, uh, if they move perfectly, a project open by the fall or winter of 2022. Um, For Bob Billings. Excuse me? For Bob Billings, I'm not sure if they also includes Yeah, actually both projects are theoretically gonna run concurrently if that can happen for downtown and Bob Billings. Um, at least that's the that's the way the, the RFP mission reads. But um, so again, um, feel free to send comments uh, at any point. Um, information will keep getting provided uh, on that website, I believe, as we know more. Um, Adam and uh, Felice from his staff will be uh, sharing information on the route redesign, I believe, as well as this project as things progress. So, um, and then just so you know, I know you folks, uh, many of you on this call are public advocates and, you know, very important, uh, doing a lot of important work in the community. And so one of the things that we're doing on this first time in town is we're holding two public at-large meetings. So just like we're doing here today, tomorrow, excuse me, Wednesday afternoon, we're doing an hour and a half public meeting yeah, maybe um, include the, the times um, for those in the chat. And if you have, you know, people that you uh, work with or that you see, if there's a way that you can communicate that. I know we've done some of that already, uh, potentially. Um, they can join the, the public meeting during the day. And then there's also one Wednesday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Um, that they can register for in person or they can uh, join electronically if they have that capability uh, through Zoom. So that's okay. in the chat box as well if you wanna share that with anybody. Um, so with that, I think um, we're good. We'll leave the session up here for a couple of minutes yet as we're ending in case somebody wants to copy anything out of that chat. But anybody else have anything they wanna share just for the good of the group before we wrap it up? If not, it was great meeting you um, in the new COVID world. And uh, we look forward to um, coming back to the community again and maybe seeing you again in a public meeting um, as we get a little farther along with design. So thanks so much. Thank you. Okay.